Well, the border is a it's a gift that keeps on giving. And we're going to we're going to talk about what they've been giving here lately during this holiday season. GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Joining me from investusa.org and American Thinker is Michael Letts. Good after, good morning, sir. Good morning, good morning Bill. Always a privilege to be on your show. We thank you for the opportunity. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So they caught some illegals coming across the border the other day, which is not unusual. But uh, there was they, they were bringing some stuff with them, weren't they? Uh, we picked up 10 IEDs. Now, remember I told you we picked up two weeks ago another uh, four crossing with ties to Hamas and Hezbollah, and they had explosive packs. Now, these IEDs are a little differently. They're already ready to go. They're, instead of just placing explosives somewhere or strapping them on for suicide vests, the IEDs are specifically designed to be buried and um, set off by either remote control or by you driving over them, one or two. So the fact that we picked up 10, and the interesting, they're not saying who the people are that we picked them up from. I happen to have sources, and I know that it is, again, terrorists that are coming through uh, Venezuela, Colombia. They are Middle Eastern. They are um, ties to Hezbollah and to Hamas. And I have been saying now, as has the Fed just recently in the last day, come out and said that our terrorist threat alert is the highest it's ever been. In fact, quite frankly, I think, uh, you know, we're going to start on the Invest website creating our own Terracom. You remember we have DEFCOM. Right. That was a threat. We're going to start having our own Terracom projections because here's what's frustrating. The feds are agreeing now that we are the highest terror threat we've ever seen in our history. You notice they haven't done anything about it? That's like me telling you, you know, uh, Bill, somebody's going to smack you today, but not give you any any recourse or what to do or how to avoid it or how to prepare for it. Right. And uh, that's frustrating. That's what our federal government has reduced itself to. There are a lot of things that need to be done, so we're going to be telling our audience today what they need to do because now that you've had 10 IUDs discovered on top, of what we had discovered over the last couple of weeks and the fact that these are coming from terrorist organizations in the Middle East tells me that uh, what I have been saying is pretty accurate, that there is a threat on the way, and I think the threat is very imminent. I think especially with going into the holidays, uh, that makes the most devastating impact for them to be able to launch. So we need to be prepared for that. Again, I had listeners and people tell me, oh, well, I live in, in uh, rural South Carolina or rural America, I don't have to worry about it. Your chances are less, that is true, than if you lived in downtown New York or downtown L.A. or downtown Dallas, Atlanta, et cetera. However, the intel that we are receiving from the Middle East indicates a couple things. First of all, they don't want to just target a large metropolitan area. They want to strike such fear in America that they can cause change in policy and what they think strikes great fear is for americans to think they're not safe anywhere right to accomplish that objective they need to strike some small r- rural areas as well as large 
bigger area. So just because you live in a small area, uh, rural area, does not make you immune from the possibility of a terrorist attack. So what should we be doing? Well, first and foremost, understand, folks, that because this is the busy Christmas holiday shopping season, you need to have this in mindset anyway, but you need to double on it now because of terrorist threats. You need to be vigilant and aware of your surroundings. Spend some time. Don't don't be daydreaming when you're walking around. Don't be daydreaming as you're driving. You daydream at the home when the doors are locked. That's about it. Make sure that you're watching what goes on around. Be alert when you go into a store. Know where the exits are. Know where if something occurs, where you can find safety. Uh, where the counter's at, you can get behind a counter. Or where the back doors are at, just, just make a mental note. Nothing wrong with doing that. You know, God forbid you should ever have to use that information. But it's better safe than sorry. Second thing we're telling people is... Uh, once again, you need to have the mindset. You need to understand that law enforcement, especially since it has been stretched so thin and it's so reduced in its capacity all across the country, not just in New York and L.A. and Portland, but all across the country. The thin blue line is now a reactive, not a proactive force. So if a crime occurs, it's up to you to protect you and your loved ones. When law enforcement gets there, if you haven't done the job and you're still alive, they'll be glad to step in. But the fact of the matter is, is usually by the time law enforcement gets there, the incident is over. And they're just reporting and cleaning up and investigating and apprehending those who caused it if they haven't already been apprehended or shot. So I'm telling people you need to take very seriously that we live in different times now. Uh, and you need to make sure that you are armed that you know how to use it, and that you carry it with you. And if that involves getting a permit, whatever it does, because I realize your uh, network goes further beyond just South Carolina. Right. Um, you need to make sure that you stop and take a moment to figure out what you need to do to protect your family and to protect yourself, because that's what it's going to come to. You have to protect yourself first, then your, your family. Then your neighbors and friends around it. And quite frankly, you may have to back up law enforcement as they're performing their tasks. So do something productive this Christmas. Don't buy the ugly tie or, or the <laughs> sweater that nobody wants you know, yeah. on the clearance rack. Do something. You say, I can't afford to buy them a, a, a weapon. Well, then don't buy them a weapon. Buy them a training class, okay? And let them figure out how to get their own weapon if, if, if finances are an issue. But do something for people to help them preserve life and liberty for the next for themselves and for the next generation. Uh, that would be more meaningful during this Christmas season than I think anything else you could do, Bill. Do you think the cartels are collaborating with the terrorists to help, uh, you know, more chaos in the United States? I'm sure that's that's never bad for drug sales. Well, there's, there's no question. Let me, let me tell you why I answer you so quickly. Because the two greatest cash flow industries are the drug cartel and human trafficking for both the work at their peak in terms of being able to make the most money and have the greatest cash flow. They rely on open borders. That's why you see them push so much towards politicians, especially on the democratic side. You, if you look at campaign contributions and track them down, you'll be shocked. 
But what happens is they get this money coming through. They're, they're smart business people. Sometimes people think drug dealers, human traffickers are stupid. They're not. They're smart business people. They know what to do to keep business well-tuned and producing the greatest amount of cash flow. And so answer to your question, yes. You're a terrorist. Hey, look here. We'll partner with you. You bring a couple bombs across and a couple packs of our cocaine at the same time. We'll utilize our resources to help you find the best method across and the best coyotes to take you there. It's a win-win situation for both. Yeah. Quite the... Uh quite the devil's deals going on there and in the interim of course i i read somewhere that there's 13 million illegals now just since in in biden's time oh no question well here's what happened uh, yesterday Nineteen thousand crossed the border yesterday wow. that we caught remember we only catch 10 to 20 percent that's nineteen thousand. multiply that by 10 percent that was well that's about one hundred ninety thousand that maybe we attempted to cross right a lot of people it is it is a lot of people and mo- most of them are still military-aged men and single men and not bringing their families or nothing they're not looking for a better life they're just looking to get in well what's so, interesting uh, in that particular thing that you mentioned bill is we have an investigative reporter that went down to uh, columbia and there is actually a complex it's a motel a training facility uh firing range and all that are owned by the chinese and when our investigative reporters went in and uh, filmed it, uh, photographed it, obviously, from a little bit of a distance, there are hundreds if on that one day of Chinese young military-age people coming in, getting equipment, getting packed, and then being shipped out to various points for border crossage. This is a well-orchestrated operation, and they're serious, and we're not. And the people that are serious usually win. Yep, yep, they are. Listen, thank you for taking the time to join me this morning. My regards to Miss Karen. Tell her I will be hitting her up for next week. And uh, you can find Michael at American Thinker. Find his writings there. And also, investusa.org. He's given over 11,000 protective vests to law enforcement and their canine counterparts. Go check that out there. Thank you for joining me this morning, sir. Thank you, Bill. God bless you. God bless America. We'll look forward to winning on the other side. Roger that. So... The question is now, why are so many American universities, why, why do they hate Israel so much? It's a surprisingly simple answer, but at the same time, it's, it's alarming. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line 71307. I'll get it right. Um, you know, bear with me. So, the simple answer to the question, why do so many college and university students hate Israel, is because it's just a word to them. And... They have been fed a bunch of propaganda about it, and they have bought it. Now, in uh, in the midst 
of the recent and nationwide demonstrators featuring students denouncing Israel for its alleged crimes. It was reported that students who care strongly about Israeli occupation of Palestinian territories don't actually have any knowledge of the very basic facts surrounding the subject and do not share similar concerns about other geopolitical conflicts. Which is interesting, because you would think that somebody gets out there and wants to get on that level of detail on one particular thing. They might want to look at a lot of other things, but they don't. This is all gleaned from 230 undergraduates at University of California, Berkeley. Ron Hasner, who has the unenviable position of being Berkeley's Helen Diller family chair on in Israel, Israel Studies, conducted the survey, which began by presenting students with 18 issues and asking them to rate them, to rate how interested they were in them, rather. The issues included U.S.-Iran relations, the civil war in Yemen, drone warfare, on a five-point scale ranging from I'm not very interested, one point out of five, to I care deeply, five points out of five. The survey went on from there to ask respondents a series of open-ended questions on history, geography, and current affairs. 43% of the students who were most interested in Israel's alleged control of Palestinian territories, while not being really interested in anything else in the Middle East, like the Kurdish struggle for independence, the occupation of Western Sahara, or the occupation of Northern Cyprus. Well, that's understandable. They, they've never heard of this. They're just a bunch of indoctrinated bots. They get inundated with a bunch of self-righteous leftist rubbish about the massive, outrageous world historical injustice of the occupation of Western Sahara or Northern Cyprus, right? They're not, they're not getting that because that's not sexy, right? It's not disruptive. In all likelihood, they probably haven't even ever heard of either one. They probably think a cypress is a tree, which it is, but, you know, it's beside the point. Why is this likely? Well, because they know virtually nothing regarding the conflict about which they claim to care about deeply. 84% of those in the most passionate cohort could not name the decade when Israel captured the West Bank, while 75% could not locate the Palestinian territories in question on a map. Moreover, a full 25% of those programmed and propagandized students placed the Palestinian territories west of Lebanon in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea. <laughs> Nor did just a few of them drive the Palestinians into the sea that they chant about wanting to fill with Israelis. The, the class average for this blunder was 14%. Survey data also showed that those that expressed the most interest in the Palestinian issue were less informed than more moderate peers who are more likely to admit gaps in their knowledge and as a result are less likely to hold erroneous beliefs. So, like the rest of the class, only 25% of passionate students placed the Palestinian territories correctly south of Lebanon. Both students with more moderate levels of enthusiasm provided the correct answer 28% of the time. And the anger of the students toward Israel correlated with their ignorance of it. We get the most passionate students were also the least likely to leave questions unanswered and the most likely to offer wild guesses, marking them as the most overconfident respondents. 
This pattern continually recurred in all answers related to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Only 16% of students who care deeply about the Palestinian issue provided the correct decade for the Six-Day War. Only 17% were able to guess that the population of Israel was somewhere between 8 and 12 million people. The others uh, offered guesses ranging from as low as 100,000 to as high as 150 million. There's fewer Israelis in Israel. There's fewer Jewish people in Israel than there are in uh, people in New York City. Not Jewish people. There's 2.2 million Jewish people in New York City, but I'm talking about total population. Haster himself professed not to know why ignorance and passion about this correlated so strikingly. And... Uh, while acknowledging that a survey could not answer why students were driven to profess strong opinions on issues that they didn't know about, he posited that it does indicate strongly that education and moderation go hand in hand. The questions that st students answered most accurately involved Turkey, Saudi Arabia, and Morocco, all countries for which they expressed moderate but not extreme interest. If misinformation is both a cause and a consequence of political passion, then good teaching is the antidote. Well, yeah. But are they getting it? Well, you, you already know the answer to that one. I don't have to tell you the answer to that one. The students who are the most passionate about hating Israel know the least because they're suffering from a social contagion, not acting upon any sort of a conclusion. Anybody that actually takes a moment to study the issue, if they do it in detail, thoroughly and honestly, they come out supporting Israel. And the nation's colleges and universities are doing their very level best to prevent that. This is all being part of the left's long march through the institutions has been a resounding success so far. I mean, they have thoroughly trashed the futures of many young people because this only this, this kind of group think only works in a group. And when you get out of college, you're not a part of that group anymore. And there's a lot of people going, well, Bill, right about now, that means that all these college graduates. So there's so many of them out there. Well, that's true. But this is a big country. And it's a very, it has a very diluting effect on that uh, concentration. So most of our colleges, those especially who enjoy an outside, outsized influence on American politics and culture, they're not about higher learning. This is about far left indoctrination. That's all. That's it. Marxist sloganeering and the agitprop masquerades as genuine intellectual inquiry. And it's, you know, once they graduate, they take jobs in government or social media that involve stripping free speech and self-defense rights from Americans. They have been thoroughly trained to be cogs in the machine. Now, that only works as long as there's a job available for them. That is definitely a big part of that rub. But their hatred of Israel is just one aspect of this indoctrination. It's not 
And why it was that one versus, say, the Sahara or, you know, uh, Cyprus, I don't know. But that's what they chose. And it's it, it, we see how it's working out. In any event. When we get back, you have a very stark choice coming up very shortly. And it's going to bypass every other little detail you're looking right now, at right now. Every little detail you're looking at right now. You're going to get you're going to have to make a choice between civilization or those that would destroy it. This is News Talk 989 WORD. Okay, that's a new one. Never heard that one before. Sounds almost choral, doesn't it? Yes. GS Plumbing Talk. Well, then, then, then look at how it rips. GS Plumbing Talk line is one eight hundred nine zero five zero nine eight nine. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is seven one three zero seven. Nihilism is a religion. Of the left. And if you look at everything that the leftists want, it all comes back to anarchy. Now, if they really wanted to alter the demographic here in the United States, they could have expanded legal immigration through legislation or the courts. Now, they didn't do it through legislation because then they would have been blamed for it. Likewise with the courts. So, Instead, they simply erased the border and dynamited all of federal immigration law. They did it all by fiat. They stopped detaining and deporting illegal aliens altogether. Or was it worse when then-candidate Joe Biden in September 2019 urged would-be illegal aliens to surge the border? Just under the Biden administration, we know that 8 million have come across there since then. They're swamping border towns, they're bankrupting big city budgets, and infuriating even Democratic constituencies. But then nihilism also applies to crime. In the old days, they gave light sentences to criminals or reduced bail. Now they don't even seek bail. And they hardly prosecute theft or random assault. With criminals, they're basically caught and released the same day. Is 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 the nihilist plan to destroy the, destroy the entire body of American jurisprudence? To have equity in being victimized? Is the woke idea that all Americans, inclusive of diverse Beverly Hills elites, Hollywood celebrities, or members of Congress like, that must share victim equity and thus experience firsthand street robbery, carjacking, smash and grab, and home invasion. Now, the United States can produce annually more natural gas and oil than any other nation on Earth. We were once the pioneers of nuclear power. We have vast coal reserves and sophisticated hydroelectric plants. 
And the old idea was to use these unmatched resources to transition gradually to other cleaner fuels like hydrogen, fusion power, solar, and wind. That way you could still afford you know, the energy coming and enjoy it. And we could remain independent of coercion by the oil-producing Middle East. But that's not the nihilist way. So they deliberately cut back on pipelines and new energy leases and fracking. They bragged of an upcoming ban on fossil fuels. In drought-stricken, energy-short California, the state is blowing up, not building new dams. Is the nihilist agenda to punish with bankruptcy the energy-using middle class? Testing 12. Bill, let me know if you get this. Yes, I got it, Tim. Yeah, I got it. Not you, not you, Maestro, this other Tim here. Um, is the hope that Americans would have to beg the Saudis and the Iranians and the Venezuelans and the Russians to pump more of the hated goo for our benefit so we would not have to dirty ourselves helping ourselves. When Joe Biden entered office in January 2021, the U.S. was naturally rebounding for more than a year of COVID-enforced lockdowns. Overtaxed supply chains were still fragile. Demand was soaring. Consumers were flush with government cash. Trillions of dollars had been printed and infused into the economy to ward off a feared recession. All economists advised not to increase the deficit, spike further consumer demand, and expand entitlements. So instead, the left did just the opposite. $4 trillion were printed and distributed. And in no time, Americans recovering from COVID next experienced the worst but entirely preventable inflation in 40 years. Three years later, prices on staples remain 30 to 40% higher than when Biden took office. Mortgage rates have tripled. Abroad, the nihilism is even more explicable and terrifying. All nations suffered military setbacks, but none in the memory have shamefully hightailed out of a theater as we did from Afghanistan. Few nations would imagine leaving, abandoning billions of dollars in weapons and hardware into the hands of the terrorist Taliban, or abandoning a $1 billion new embassy and a huge remodeled airbase. Why did the administration simply allow a huge Chinese spy balloon to float and photograph leisurely over the continental United States? Naive countries might endure two or three attacks on their overseas bases without serious retaliation, but how could the U.S. permit 135 rocket barrages by Iranian-supplied terrorists on American soldiers without a major and sustained response? Is the point to humiliate our own troops? To destroy what is left of the U.S. deterrence? Pop culture is especially taken in by the leftist nihilism. It's not enough to object to a statue or artwork. Instead, they have to be defaced or destroyed all the better stealthily and by night. After the massacres on October the 7th, but well before Israel had even responded to the invasion, thousands of students swarmed their elite universities cheering on the violence. And what was so exhilarating about that? 
That nihilist, ghoulish beheading and torture, mutilation, mass rape, dismemberment, necrophilia of unarmed, civilian, Israeli, elderly women, children, and infants. We're witnessing an epidemic similar to the 16th century European mad wave of a iconoclastic destructive of religious art. Or maybe it's more to what Mao Zedong did during the Cultural Revolution of the 60s. But the old politics of right versus left and a Repu Republican opposed to Democrat have now given way to a new existential uh, struggle that you're all going to have to make a choice between at some point soon. You have to choose between civilization or the people destroying it. It's all going to be on you. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. I'm going to go to the text line because I haven't paid a lot of attention to it today. I've, I've been trying to concentrate on uh, not messing up <laughs> as I deal with things at the moment. And I got this. Um, okay, Bill, have you heard about the Doomsday Book? Well, there's, you know, there's the one that Geithner testified about and then there's other ones uh that supposedly have the presidential presidential emergency action designs built into it so it depends on which one you're talking about now the one that i think that everybody's referencing right now is the one that came to light from the new york times about the various things the fed can do if they have to to try to keep things running uh, in the event of doomsday and um I, I know, you know, I, I know a little bit about it. I know what Geithner said about it. And I'm right now there's a lot of people trying to walk all this back and everything. But one thing you learn about the government is you learn to never, ever underestimate their ability to try to do things to maintain their own control. Because that's what it is. It's, it's a way to maintain control in the event of chaos or what they would consider to be chaos. Bill, I recently read into the Cloward-Piven strategy. Quick read into it. it was so enlightening and explained so much. You probably know of it, but having, having something so baffling to me revealed that way was eye-opening. I am 55, and it has been behind the scenes all my life. Well, Cloward and Piven was this idea that two professors, Cloward and Piven, came up with. And what they wanted to do is they wanted to figure out if there was a way to bankrupt society to where it would collapse and then from that from the ashes of that would arise socialism so to that end they decided to go into new york city and they found everybody that technically qualified for welfare 
and they got them signed up on welfare. And then they bankrupted New York City. So, yes, it, it can work. But, I mean, I see Cloward and Piven everywhere. Cloward and Piven right now is going on right now as far as crime is concerned, right? They vilify the police. They don't prosecute anybody. They don't arrest anybody. They don't. A lot of states or a lot of cities have uh, bail reform, so they don't even hardly take them into jail before they let them back out. And most of the time they don't have, uh, they've, they've defunded the police or reduced the number of police officers that are there. And they have no easy means to carry a weapon of your own. So everything is set up for everybody there to be a, uh, a, a victim, which is Cloward and Piven. That's, a, that's the same sort of st strategy out there as Cloward and Piven. This one is interesting. You said Putin is not comfortable if NATO is in Ukraine, correct? So we have terrorists in Mexico. Let's invade Mexico, correct? Keep on the same principle justification to go after evildoers. I, I think that's a very logical way to look at this. But at the same time, we're talking about the difference between Putin and Biden. See, Putin, <laughs> Putin was not chosen by anybody. Putin went through a bunch of purges at the KGB and survived them all. I mean, this is a very, very savvy operator, if you will, when it comes to uh, being a spook, ruthless. Uh, Biden, on the other hand, everything's been handed to him. It's always been handed to him for whatever reason. Everybody's always thought of him as being some big influence or something else like that. Sounds like the border crisis is premeditated murder. Exactly. Exactly. You can't take what we were doing in 2018, 17, 19, prior to COVID, and erase it the way they did it so thoroughly and go go from make that 180-degree turn and not look at what's coming out of it. Without a doubt, there's probably some very good people coming over the border, but we don't know. That's the thing. We don't know. And what we do know is that we have a bunch of terrorists out there right now, and they have probably infiltrated there on the interior of the United States. They're all military-age young men, and we don't know where they went. We don't know what they're going to do or when they're going to do it. One texter says the shoplifters need to be charged with tax evasion too, which they would have probably bought the value above 2000 plus might be a felony in its own right. Listen, if you get, you know, it's just like the old Beretta TV show with Robert Blake. Don't do the crime. If you can't do the time. Okay. When I saw the ages of these guys, these guys are old enough to know better. Aren't they? I mean, I've heard of career criminals, but 50. Anyway, <laughs> Anyway, anyway, we're, we're going into the week before Christmas. I always love, this is my favorite time of year. So we're going to, you know, we're going to do some Christmas stuff next week. I think I'm going to, I'm going to find some Christmas stuff for us to do. And in the intro, I'm simply going to tell you this because I always thought this was the greatest thing that ever occurred to me when I, when I came back into this listening area and I could listen to this radio station myself when I got out of the military. You are listening to News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.